0: This is Journey Church Podcast. Here at Journey, we believe in encountering God and embracing people. From wherever you're listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Give me a hug, Pastor. Wow. If you don't attend this church, you have a serious problem. And I want to tell you about it. Wow, I'm just going to take my liberty and move that right there. Does anybody have a problem with that? (laughs) I didn't think so. (laughs) Just kidding, not really. (laughs) Seriously, if you are looking for a church, uh, let, let, let me put it another way. Just like in corporate, global corporate, there is a mass deficit of good leadership. So goes the church. This is not a negative confession. This is a reality check. And there are, just like there are people leaving corporate, there are people leaving the church leadership. Like, it's there's no tomorrow. I've talked to, I've talked to, Leaders that are over hundreds and some of them thousands of leaders, and they have personally said to me, so this is not this is coming from the horse's mouth. This is not a tweet or a Facebook post or a Snapchat. I don't even know what Snapchat is, other than that we don't need one more thing out there. But, and they have told me that they some of these works have. Uh, Large churches that are about to have their pastors retire, and they have no idea who they're going to put in these places now there's young guns they want it you know they just they want uh, they want the opportunity, but some of them are not ready. How I many you know sometimes you got you got to wait till God says you're ready. Let me say something to every leader here, but also to the congregation. See this platform here? This platform here symbolizes. Leadership, it, it symbolizes somewhat of authority, but can I say something very clear, especially to the leadership? The platform does not belong to us. It's been entrusted to us. We don't own the platform. We've been entrusted with it. We don't own the worship worship team. It's been entrusted to us. And so we really need to step into that place of honor and mindset shift where we truly want to honor God and all the processes of his house. Now let me get back to what I wanted to say. You, this church, this brand, really, it's like a brand new church, is on the verge of something significant happening. And it, it, it is ready for, I don't know exactly what it's going to look like, and, you know, sometimes I, with God, when I'm walking with God, I don't want to know because I like to be surprised sometimes. And God, you know, how many know sometimes we're on a need-to-know basis with God? And we're not on a need-to-know basis because He's holding back on us because he's, he's not a withholding God, folks. We're on a need-to-know basis, number one, so we don't screw it up. Man, if we knew everything was going on, there's no, there's, there's I'm pretty confident... We would tweet the wrong thing, post the wrong thing, Instagram the wrong thing, Facebook the wrong thing for, you know, the things like upside down. Come on, somebody. I'm just talking real to you for a moment. Are you all right with that? You okay if I'm just a little bit real with you? It doesn't matter. I'm just going to be real anyway. <laughs> and uh, so, but, but there's, there's also times that God is setting things up. And we need to trust the process. Everybody say with me, say, trust the process. Say it again, say, trust the process. And you can be sure that just because God is quiet does not mean he's silent. And just because God is f- feels like he's silent does not mean that he's not up to something. And these are the places, like some of the most the the most <laughs> the most challenging tests that we have in the kingdom of God is when we don't know there's a test going on. Because if we knew there was a test, man, we'd be up early praying. We'd be reading some scripture, we'd be calling the intercessors, we'd be sowing we'd instead of that hundred dollars that we give on Sunday, we'd be give 150, like we would, we would get it all organized. But Sometimes the test comes without us having a clue of anything that's going on. And they were, they were, they were singing and they, they camped on the whole waiting thing here tonight, which is interesting and I think it was actually prophetic. And let me just, there's so much I could tell you about waiting. I'm going to get into my message in a minute. But here's something to, to, to chew on and to think about when it comes to the kingdom of God, when it comes to waiting. How we enter a waiting season really matters to God. And how we exit a waiting season really matters to God. And when we leave a waiting season, we need to make sure that the waiting season is actually over. And there's been a number of times in my walk with God, particularly in the ministry, where I've said to God, God, I'm ready. Oh, oh, God, for sure I'm ready. I'm ready for that blessing. I'm ready for that promotion. And I let God know many different ways in tongues, in interpretation tongues. I gave God a word of knowledge. God, I just feel like I need to tell you. Like, I feel like, God, I need, you need to know, God, that I'm ready. And in my immaturity, that some of it is transferred to a little bit of maturity... I've understand, I, I understand now that I cannot set that time, that, that that time is set by God. Now, I can slow it down by my disobedience, by my bad decision-making, by my unwillingness, but the last thing I want to do is come out of a waiting season prematurely, because how many know a premature promotion is nothing but a headache? If you're not ready for your promotion, you need to wait. Turn to your neighbor say he might be talking to you. Just do it subtly though. Look out of the corner of your eye. Now the look the other way say he might be talking to you. Now listen to me. This is important because the next thing that they sang about tonight, they talk about the goodness of God. You will not stay in a prolonged waiting season because God is punishing you. It's because he's good to you. It's because he's watching over you. It's because he's got a word for you. He's got a, 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 he's got a divine connection for you. It can be one of a plethora of things. I'm personally convinced that a whole bunch of bad theology that's been built up year after year after decade after decade after generation after generation has come out of the out of a false understanding that god is not good. We would never say that because it's it's too religious to say that he's not good, but we think it, we feel it. Where are you god? What's going on? You're taking forever. And if we could tweak that piece of theology in the body of Christ, knowing that, where do you need to know it? Not in your head. You need to know it in your spirit. Do you know when you've got something? It's when it's no longer in your head and it's dropped into your spirit. That's called revelation. That's when you begin to change. You will not change your life with scripture memorization. I memorized scripture for years, hundreds and hundreds of scriptures. I had the old uh, recipe cards, you know, and had all the different verses on there, and I was just going after it. Now, listen to me. Nothing wrong with memorization, but watch this. It's revelation that changes us. What is revelation? Revelation is the light. Revelation is when the lights get turned on. Do you know how I, how Esther and I came out of generational poverty? We came out of generational poverty by a whole bunch of scripture verses, but one of them triggered something in our lives. And it was Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And I was like, I'm not allowed to want for anything. But I'd like a new car. You know, you're not allowed, you're not allowed to have a new car. I'd like a new house. You're not allowed to have a new house. I'd like a pay increase. You're not allowed to have. You're not to want for anything. Listen to me. That is not what that scripture says, and when I found out what it said, I couldn't unsee it. When I actually saw what was written in that scripture, that's preached at funerals and weddings and bar mitzvahs and it's preached anything and everything out there. It's crocheted. It's paper, whatever machetes, things, whatever the. It's on the little lamb things in the Sunday school. Remember the flannel boards? Oh, this is Jesus, and this is David, and the Lord is his shepherd. And Oh, man, there's a lot of bad theology in those Sunday school classes. But anyway, it says that the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. Why? Why should I not lack? Because the Lord is my shepherd. Why, should, why is the Lord my shepherd? the Lord is my shepherd because I've invited invited in my life and I'm not to lack. I'm to, I'm, I'm to, I'm to lack in no area of my life. As soon as that, see what happened was that left my head, got down into my spirit man and said, my goodness, the Lord is my shepherd. Holy, this is amazing. And I shall not lack. I shall not want. I shall not be in need of anything. Can I get an amen? And, and when I saw that it changed everything. I started to see and read scriptures so differently. Now there's many, there's hundreds and hundreds of great scriptures for that, but I'm just saying to you, what happened was I got a greater revelation. Not only is he a good God, and that was helping correct some of my bad theology, but I also read in the scriptures that he's my shepherd, and I'm to lack nothing. I'm to not be in want ever in my life. Can I get an amen? And so it's okay for you to get a little bit bolder prayers. It's okay for you to have a supernatural expectancy that the promises that God spoke in his word, that every single one of those promises is a yes and a... Yeah, it's a yes and a... That means it's supposed to come to pass. That means it's in the heart's desire of God himself. Do you know where you get the desires of your heart, the healthy ones, the good ones? They actually come from God. And you know who will fulfill those desires? God will fulfill those desires. You don't have to fulfill that desire. God wants to fulfill it. God will empower you. God will bring around the, the right results for that. But you've got to, like they say that you've got to make room in your spirit, man. You've got to make room in your heart for that to come to pass. We are often waiting on God, and God says, you don't need to wait anymore. God says, I'm waiting for you to what? To believe me for it. I'm waiting for you to have faith for it. What is faith? It's that Jesus set the bar so low when it came to faith. He said this, if you have faith the size of a what? Have you seen a mustard seed before? It's tiny. He did not set the bar way up here. He did not say, You got to read so much scripture and you got to do so much meditation and you got to give this much money and you got to go to church this many times. He did not say that. He said, All you got to have is faith the size of a mustard seed. And you can look at those Rocky Mountains and you tell them things. You need to get out of the way here. You need to move. You can speak to that cancer. You can speak to that lack. You can speak to that confusion. You can speak to that sickness and disease. What's it got to do? It's got to move. I should get preaching here. I should get going in the right direction here, so hang with me. I just feel like there's just a little course correction going on here tonight. What desire... In your life has not come to pass, and you've just let it slide because it's just taken so stinking long. And you just are tired of praying and it doesn't come to pass, and you're you're tired of believing, you're tired of coming to the altar and praying. And listen to me, I know what that feels like. I, I'm not saying that every single prayer in my life has come to pass yet. But I'm telling you, I've had enough answers to prayer, and I've prayed with enough hundreds and hundreds of people over the years to know that God wants to fulfill the desires of every one of your lives. And maybe there's just been something held up and held back, and it's in this environment of the presence of God. It's taking time and making room in these uh, on a on a Friday night and on a Saturday night and on a Sunday morning to say God I'm ready to receive would you just take your hands and just open them up for me would you just do that as an act of faith and I decree and declare every and any held up desire that is from you God no matter how big or how small God I ask on behalf of my new friends here in the city of Calgary, I decree and declare in the name of Jesus that these desires that are in their heart, that have been placed by you, that have been held up and held back in the name of Jesus, I command them to come forth. I command the heavens to open in the mighty name of Jesus. I command and decree and declare in the powerful and the mighty and the awesome and the good name of your son Jesus, Father, I declare that there will be a Speedy delivery of the desires of the people of God's heart. I declare it starts here and it starts now. This Saturday night, in the mighty name of Jesus, Hallelujah! Come on, somebody, let's give the Lord a clap offering today. <laughs> Woo! Great churches have, yeah. Great churches have great stories. Romans uh, Revelation twelve eleven says that through the blood of the Lamb and the word of their they overcame the enemy. They pushed back darkness. They pushed back sickness and disease. They pushed back weakness. They pushed back discouragement. They pushed back lack of courage. I'm telling you that God wants to do such beautiful stories in your life. Great churches have. And it's the corporate stories of what God wants to do in this house. And it's the corporate stories of what he wants to do in your family. But it's the individual stories as well. It's the individual testimonies that God is going to do in the people of God. Listen to me. It's already started. I already get some trickling news and trickling answers to prayer that are starting to come to me in these meetings in Calgary. But listen to me. It's just started and it's going to be a little trickle and then it's going to be a river and then it's going to be a flood and then it's going to be a tsunami but it's not be a tsunami that's going to take from it's going to be a tsunami that gives to and it breathes life it gets into those dry those barren places and before you know it you got a new testimony you got a new answer to prayer you got God showing up in your life where you never even thought it was even possible Great churches have. Yeah, they do. In John 10, 10, Jesus set all this up when he was saying, the thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. And I think I shared with you last night, if I didn't share it last night, I shared it at the leadership meeting that the the church... Uh, the, the, the people in the earth, they battle, 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 battle the fact of, of Jesus providing salvation, providing eternal life. But we find that Jesus didn't just provide eternal life. He provided eternal life, yes. And there's this big war, there's this big battle, there's all these theological discussions how we can have eternal life. But Jesus made it simple and he made it clear. But listen to me, he didn't just give us eternal life, he came to give us abundant life. These are the words of Jesus, and they're not the words of Alderi. I did not write this, although I wish I had of. Copyright would be amazing. The thief comes only in order to steal, kill and destroy, but I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full, till it what? Tail the door. Say this where they say, I'm living, in the John 10, 10 overflow. Say it again, say I'm living in the John 10:10 overflow. Come on, say it one more time. Say, I'm living in the John 10, 10 overflow. And how many know sometimes you gotta say that and quote that and speak that verse when you're, in, when you're in barrenness, when you're in the desert? But what it does is that faith begins to open up the channels of heaven. It begins to open up the pathways, the rivers of Almighty God. And before you know it, we're starting to experience. The bigness of God and the bigness of the promise of Jesus and everything uh, that he wants to do in your in our life. Can I get an amen? amen. Now, we talked about uh, last night, we talked about how uh, we need to walk. If we're going to walk in this John 10, 10 overflow, we got to be in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. Let me say it again. Right place, right time, doing the right thing. Now, how do, how do, we, how do we do that? If, can you take me to 2 Corinthians ten thirteen? 2 Corinthians 10:13. I know I didn't know they didn't know where I was going to go tonight, and so 2 Corinthians 10:13 says this: "But we'll confine our boasting to the sphere." Everybody say sphere. The sphere of service of God Himself has assigned to us this sphere. Go get, take me to the definitions of uh, of uh, metron. Metron, a portioned-off measure, a boundary that has been set. Metron is a territory that God has measured out and given us responsibility and authority. Now, take me to, to uh, Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them t- to the Israelites. Keep going. I will give you every place. Everybody say, every place. I will give you every place where you set your foot, watch it, as I promised. It is crucial that the people of God get this. And I know I preached on it last night, but I just want to remind you for I take it a little bit further. As I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea and in the west. God says, I'm going to give you every place where you set your foot. He did not give us a blank checkbook and say just go do whatever you want and this is what's going to happen. What he said was, I'm going to give you every place where you set your foot foot, in the metron, in the boundary. What I promised to you, what I said I was going to do in your life, what I said where I was going to take you, what I was going to do in your life and through your life. And so we have a responsibility to step in and take possession in the metron, But we can't just say the Metron is wherever I want it to be. It's already defined. It's already set. While you were in your mother's womb, your Metron was set. And the metron of God is not a limiter, it's not a place of a low ceiling, it's a place of a big ceiling. It's a place where the skies bust wide open. It's a place where the bigness and the goodness of God shows up in your life, and you start to see the manifestation that everywhere you set your foot in your metron, there's a promise there, there's favor there, there's blessing there, there's empowerment there, there's grace in that metron, and you'll be able to accomplish everything that God wants you to accomplish. Can I get a hearty amen on that one? Now, do you have the the definition of empowering grace? Do you have it up on a... You do. Empowering grace. An empowerment from God. So grace is not just to get born again. God's grace is not just about redemption. God's grace involves empowerment. And God's grace is an empowerment for God in an assignment, in a season, in a situation. You have no grace to raise kids until you have kids. And even when you have kids. No, you have grace. You have no grace for leadership until you step into a leadership position. You have no grace for post-secondary education until you step into it. And then what happens is that empowerment from God, that, everybody say it, say that grace. That grace empowers you now. Not for a free ride. It empowers you to take possession. It empowers you to finish and to finish well. It empowers you to succeed. Have your Esther and I were at a funeral this afternoon? Uh, interesting setup and situation. But I have found in all these years of ministry, when people go through very, very difficult times, difficult seasons in their life, particularly losing a family member, what is often said of people: "I can't believe how strong they are right now." I I can't believe how. What is that? That's a grace that comes from God in a troubled situation. It doesn't mean that there's not lots of grief. It doesn't mean that weeks and months down the road it won't be difficult. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that we, we, we see the evidence of the grace of God start to show up. And I'm saying to you that where you are, that right place, it matters that you're in the right place. Why? Because there's a grace for you. There's an empowerment for you. Uh, there's a there's a there's a gift set that comes upon your life And what happens is the gifts that God has already given to you what happens now you get this grace you get this Empowerment on your gifts whew, And this is where it becomes very very powerful now I want to read something to you that I didn't have ready I just feel like I need to spend a little bit of time in this before I go on just said we got all night All night long, all night. That's a church song, isn't it? Turn with me if you have your Bibles. Genesis chapter 13. Are you with me? Great churches have? Don't you dare miss the great stories that are about to come your way. I know where you live now. Oh, yeah. And my... My wife is Italian. Dave's Italian. I already told you, we know people. And they do stuff for free. For cheap. They do anything for a coffee, right, Dave? Just free. Free Tim Hortons. I need you to throw a rock through the window. Yep. Just get, pick me up a coffee. All right, let's get her done. Genesis chapter 13. So Abraham went up from Egypt to the Dijev. I'm reading from the first verse. With his wife and everything he had and Lot went with him. Remember who Lot is? Lot's his nephew. Abraham had become, how wealthy? Say it. Don't be afraid. How wealthy is he? He's very wealthy. How many know there's wealthy and then there's very wealthy? I want to be very wealthy. Raise your hand if you want to be not wealthy, very wealthy. Come on. Abraham had become very wealthy in livestock, in silver, and gold, You may have never heard this before, but you know God wants to bless you with multiple streams of provision. You know that you're not to live in one stream. That God does not have one pathway to bless you and look after you. Like Your job is is mainly to produce seed so that you can sow to reap harvest. That's really what your job's all about. God's got a million ways to bless your socks off. Come on, somebody. All right, I know that's what I didn't come to preach on that. But anyway, Abraham had become very wealthy in livestock and silver and gold. From the Dejev, he went from, the, from place to place until he, became, until he came to Bethel, to the place between Bethel and Ai, where, his, where he, uh, his, he sent his tent had been earlier, and where he had first built an altar. And there Abraham called on the name of the Lord. Now Lot, who was moving about with Abraham, also had flocks and herds and tents, but the land could not support them while they stayed together, for their possessions were so great that they were not able to stay together." And quarreling arose between Abraham's herders and lots. The Canaanites, the the Perizzites, were also living in the land at that time. So Abraham said to Lot, Let's not have any quarreling between you and me and between your herders and mine, for we are close relatives. Is not the whole land before you? Let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. Now remember what we're dealing with here. Abraham's actually in charge. Abraham's actually carrying the blessing Abraham's actually the guy that God said I'm going to bless you and prosper you and increase you he did not say that to Lot Lot's getting blessed because he's with the anointed Lot's getting blessed because he's with his uncle Lot is experiencing the blessing on his life because he's with Abraham can I get an amen, amen. I just need to get I need you to understand that, that the promise is and, and so the promise was given to Abraham, but Abraham is so confident in his God that he says to his nephew, who he, ha- he doesn't owe anything to, he says, let's not quarrel. Let's not have our people quarrel. We're blessed. We're highly favored. There's good things happening. And so he said, you go this way, I'll go that way. You, you, you say I'm going this way, I'm going to go the other way. And Lot looked around him and saw the whole plain of Jordan towards Zorah was well watered, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan and set out towards the east. The two men parted company. Abraham lived in the land of Canaan, while Lot lived among the cities of the plain and pitched his tents near where? You know what was going on with Lot, eh? Distraction. He's got his tent close to Sodom and Gomorrah. He's got his tent pitched, his house made, looking towards what looked like the bright lights that looked like the promised land. But we all know, we know historically, we know biblically that there was already a curse on that land because of the lifestyle. And so Lot was looking at a very short distance, Lot was looking at what's going to happen for me tonight. What's going to happen for me in the morning. What's going to happen for me the next couple days. And so he chooses that. And Abraham lived in the land of Canaan while well, he lived among the uh, plains and tents and near Sodom. And now people of Sodom were wicked and were sinning against, against the Lord. Verse 14. And the Lord said to Abraham after Lot parted from him. Watch this. So, so Lot's gone now. He's gone and he got to choose where he's going to go. Okay? This this is this is something that we need to remember like we don't have to quarrel over the blessing. We don't have to quarrel over the direction of the Lord. We can just we just need to yield to it. And and it says the Lord said to Abram after Lot had parted from him, look around from where you are. Remember I preached last night and God Ask Abraham to come out of the tent, right? And to look up. Why? Wow, he wanted him to get a bigger vision. He wanted him to get a bigger ideas. He wanted him to pray bigger and give bigger and bless bigger and think bigger. So he brought him outside of the tent and he said, I need you to look up and I need you to start to count. And he was, I can't count. There's so many. And God's like, yes, exactly. Now listen, here we find something else, something fresh going on here. The Lord said to Abraham, uh, at, Lord said to Abraham after it lauded passed from him, look around where you are, to the north and to the south, to the east and to the west. All the land that you see, all the land that you see, everybody say see. All the land that you see, I will give to you and your offspring forever. This is what I want you to grab a hold of tonight. That type of promise can be spoken to many different people. And do you know what the people see? They could be standing up here on the platform and God could say, as far as you can see, that's where I want to bless you. And you know what a lot of people see? They see that front row. And they set the boundary. God is wanting you to look through the building, through the Rockies, past Vancouver past the, the 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 Pacific Ocean to the Hawaii Islands where we're all going to retire in Jesus name and he wants us to keep what he wants us to look be listen to me the promise was limited by what they could see the promise was not set by God the promise was set uh, the, the promise was set by what Abraham could see And God says to him, I need you to get out of your tent and I need you to look up. God says, I need you to, now that lot is gone, I need you to look north and I need you to look south. And as far as you can see, that's how much I want to bless you. That's what I want to do for you. And instead we got people looking at the front row or maybe a real super, super powerful, anointed, worship leader, powerful preacher looks five rows back. Their faith is really incredible. Incredible. And God says through his son Jesus, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full till it overflows. So far south that you can't you can't even see it anymore. So far north you can't see it anymore. So beautiful and the ceiling so high that every prayer that you pray gets answered. is like, wow, How? Could, how is this even possible? It's possible because God said, I, as far as you can see, and as far as you can see, and as far as you can see, that's what I want to do for you. And somehow we just need a little bit of an internal course correction and say, God, you promised that I could live an overflow life. Jesus, you paid the full price. When you died on that cross and you said, it is what? it is finished he didn't die just for our salvation but he did do that and it does matter and it is very powerful and very meaningful but he died for much more than that and i'm saying to you tonight by the power of the spirit that right place right time doing the right thing matters and we're camping longer than I want to but there's something important about it because the right place matters where you are right now it matters where you are when you wake up in the morning it matters where you are in the next week why it matters because the right place matters And we can't just go out and do whatever we want and go wherever we want and disrupt our family and disrupt our business and disrupt the church for five or ten more dollars an hour at some job that somebody offered you on the internet. We've got to say to God, God, I'll trust you. God, I'll wait for your promotion. The most important thing I've ever learned about promotion is this. It doesn't come from the north, the south, or east, or the west. It doesn't come to us from online. It doesn't come from us from Snapchat. Again, whatever that is, one day I'll figure it out. Somebody can show me what it is. It sounds dumb, doesn't it, Snapchat? (sighs) What my grandparents, whatever thought. Al, what are you doing? I don't know. I'm on Snapchat. Snapchat? Get your arse out in the field and bring in the hay like how many of you can say arse in the church? You can't say the other word though, it's against my religion. What's important about the right place? God prepares us for the right place. Everything that's going on in your life right now has prepared you for the right place. But listen and watch this very closely. Not only are you prepared for the right place, but your right place gets prepared by God as well. God shows up to your right place far before you ever even get there. And some of you wonder why things are coming together so quickly. And how did this, I just walked into this meeting and oh my goodness, it's just unreal and I just can't believe this and what happened. What happened was God showed up. Because it was your right place, and he was there before you got there. God touching people's lives, God getting people out of the way, hello? Like some of you are getting ready to leave where you are, it's the right place because you got a bad boss. But what you don't know is God has got that boss on his way out. And you're about to leave your right place for ten more dollars an hour... And I'm gonna say, I'm gonna keep harping on it and moving your family and moving your your household and moving your uh, getting out of your church for ten more dollars an hour. And God's about to get that ugly, mean, you know what kind of boss. He's already got them on their way out. And we got to go back to this place of trust and say, God, I'm in the right place. I know you've been getting me ready, but you're also getting the place ready. Hallelujah, man! This is good preaching. I'm telling you if you could cut me a couple of CDs and cassettes for my sermon after, I'm going to listen to them while I rest tonight. You won't feel stuck in your right place even though there are tough days. You know, we read that verse last night. In this world, you'll have trouble, didn't we? But you're never going to read that verse again like you tell, because we, we crushed it last night. But take heart. I've overcome the world. In us is the spirit of an overcomer. In us is the spirit of everything that we need to keep moving on. Let me finish up that and I'm just going to quickly jump into a couple more thoughts and then we'll finish. I can't tell you how much other than what I've done so far. I'm sweating. I don't have my calories in yet. You're here here to like break 850 working calories. We're here for a good two hours. I said to the staff on Friday sometime, some things really matter to God. And some things don't matter at all to God. And We better figure out what that is. And I'm telling you tonight, your right place matters. It matters. And it's not about legalistic obedience being in your right place. It's not about God forcing you. Did you see the promises that were delivered to Abraham? Did you see the promises that were delivered to Joshua? He wasn't trying to get... God wasn't trying to get them to get into their Metron so that they would be able to check it off their list that they did one more righteous thing. He was trying to get them in and stay in their Metron because he wanted to rock their socks with his blessing. He wanted to open doors. He wanted to make a way where there was no way. He wanted to show up for them like only God could show up. And so I'm saying you tonight through the word of God at your right place it matters it matters it matters and and, and don't position yourself and get into that place and allow the distractions of life to move you out of your right place for the sake of some type of compromise it's just not worth it so we got the right place being in the right place Let's go on, talk about the right time. The right time. Being in the right place at the wrong time doesn't work. Delayed obedience is what? It's disobedience. Partial obedience is... Esther and I will preach here, minister tomorrow morning. Then we're going to have lunch somewhere really good tomorrow, because I'm going to buy lunch tomorrow, it's going to be good, no more no more Burger King, alright you know they got, they staying at the Red Roof Inn, right like the Red Roof, it's like $29.99 a night, that's what they're like no showers, no towels we had to bring our own sheets from Vancouver and they threw some Burger King coupons on our thing, that's what I am just kidding, your pastors would never do that, we're staying at the Yellow Roof Inn, that's a it's a step up. It's like it's, it actually has towels. One. We have one towel for the whole family. <laughs> Tomorrow after we're done preaching and after we have a big old steak, Alberta steak. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know what we're having. Not chicken chalet. Our flight, I think, leaves about 5 o'clock. I can be in the right place at the right time, but if I show up tomorrow at 5 o'clock, guess who's hitchhiking to Vancouver? Esther. (laughs) Because I only got enough for one flight. And so I'll go home and get the car and come back and pick her up. The right place matters, but the right timing in the right place is crucial. And the overflow of John 10:10 10, 10 is not just about him being in the right place, although it is primarily that, and why I've spent so much time on that. But it's also about being in the right place at the right time. I have learned that running ahead of God creates so much headache, and I, because I've tried it many times. How many have ever tried to help God out? You know, you're praying, you're believing, you're trusting. And God's just, he's, a bit bu- he's busy. He's a bit busy. And so you help him out. And the next thing we know, you're in trouble. How many have ever done that before? And the rest of you are liars. <laughs> Being in the right place. At the right time. Being in your metron man i can't tell you how crucial and how important that is let me let, let me let me wind it all up here not only being in the right place of the being in the right place is important being in the right time is important but finally let's talk about it doing the right thing john tantan overflow is connected to doing the right thing If I'm in the right place at the right time, but I'm doing the wrong thing. My anointing, my gifting, the call of God on my life, it does not cover a compromised life. Are you hearing me? And so we're and this is not about man-made holiness. This is about an understanding of a responsibility that we have as we walk with God, as we live out life in the spirit, as we step into the John 1010 overflow, as we step into that beautiful place that God wants to uh, have, have great stories coming out of his great churches. this overflow is connected to doing the right thing. And again, it's not this legalistic long list of things that we must do and if we don't do them God's going to I was sharing with the, I was sharing with the staff on Sunday. I grew up in a I'm third generation Pentecost which means I'm third generation screwed up. And I grew up I grew up in a in a home like if you swam on Sunday, there is no question that God was going to drown you. Anybody understand? God would take his big old foot and just, if you went in the pool on Sunday, you, you, you were destined to drown. And you say, what in the world is that? This is how people thought back then. If you played hockey on Sunday, you know what happened to your leg? It would blow off. <laughs> you know, and listen to me, this is the worst one. At approximately 11 or 12 years old, I went to the movie theater for the very first time. Listen to me. I was taught that if you're in the movie theater and Jesus comes back, you will go straight to hell. You will not pass go. You will not get $200. And so I snuck out of the house and I went to a movie theater. And you know what movie I saw? Careful, you might want to cover your children's ears. Are you ready? The sound of music. (laughs) Seriously, there was ladies, I could see their elbows. There was one lady, I think I saw a kneecap, it was unreal. I'm not talking about man-made legalism. Do you know that when Jesus came into the earth, you know one of the things he did, one of his assignments and one of his uh, beautiful anointing that he walked in was making the simple simpler. And when you're ever in the body of Christ and you see people making things that are simple complicated, The the lights need to start boom, 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 boom. Red lights, yellow lights, caution lights. Something is out of sync. Something's gone chaotic because they're doing the very opposite of what Jesus did. If you want to have a relation with God the Pharisees and the Sadducees you got to do this and you got to wash your clothes and you got to change your clothes and, and you on Sunday you can only travel this far and if you travel this far you got to have somebody go there and put meals there and put uh, swishily gift certificates and, and stuff like that and then the, and then if they get there then you have a little rest and you can keep going and stuff like that but if you don't you got to stay right there cuz it's the Sabbath and you can't do that and your leg might fall off and so we just got to and Jesus just comes along and he just obliterates all that garbage And who hated him? Not the world. Not the people that needed a savior. The church. The religious people. They were so angry with him. So, you know what the word is. Great churches have and the great stories are going to begin to flow out of the john 10:10 10, 10 overflow the overflow that he has already provided for his kids it's not coming it's already here do you know that faith is in faith is right now do you know that when the miracles happen you don't need faith anymore for that miracle because it's already manifested Proverbs 3.6, I don't have this on my slides, guys, sorry about that. Proverbs 3.6 in the, in the Passion Translation says this, "And everything you do, put God first. And he will direct you and crown your efforts with success. This is the call and the gifting and the anointing that's on your life to see it come to Say this with me, say I'm living in the John 10:10 overflow. Do you know that that's a huge part of this right here? You want to come start playing an R-sharp for me? Thank you, buddy. It's a little secret we have. Tomorrow morning, I believe I have got a corporate an individual prophetic word for this house. And it all ties together for your life, for your business, for your career, for your calling, for this church, for this city. And we've just been, for the last few sessions, just lifting faith, lifting revelation. listening to the word of the Lord as he spoke to Abraham and you, you know right you know that we walk in the same promises that were given to Abraham isn't that fun and so when he God tells Abraham to come out of the tent and look up when God says to Abraham now that Lot's gone see some of you had some people leave your life and it's been very hurtful and very painful But some of them have left by divine assignment. Because what God's about to do in your life, in your situation, is going to be so incredible. It's not about those who left. It's about the bigness of God working in your life. And you making space and you making room and you opening up your heart and your life for what God is going to do. Listen to me, I am telling you God is going to do this. I have the utmost confidence I say, well, how can you prophesy and say things like that and have such confidence? Because it's not about me and its confidence is not in me. That's why. I remember I used to teach on when I was talking about character and talking about trust and stuff and I would say to leaders and churches and congregations and stuff like that I said could God trust you with a blank check and everybody wants to say yes everybody would like to say yes but I remember saying to God I honestly don't know but you know, a number of years ago, I was telling the staff on Friday that we were raising resources. We were we don't raise money, actually, we release money. That's proper kingdom talk. You don't raise money in the kingdom of God, you release it. You get the heavens open and tap into the abundance of God. Anyway, that's another that's another series. And We raised more than enough money, but I had this gentleman come to me and he wrote a check, put the date on it. He gave me a check, wrote the date on it, signed it, he said, Pastor, whatever you need to finish this project, you put the number on that check, and it gets done. The check meant nothing to me. The fact that he trusted me meant everything. I was so humbled and so honored. I will never forget that moment in my life, ever. And I think I'm saying to you tonight that you know those desires of your heart that you have that God has put in there, I think God's ready for you to cash that check. He wants to fulfill it in your life. Man, that's coming up again in my spirit, so it might, there, there's something on that tonight. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself in God's ways, and He will give you what? He's going to give you. Delight yourself in God's ways. What ways? The John 10, 10 overflow. What ways? Right place, right time, doing the right thing. That's the ways of God. Is it hard? No. Is it easy? No. Do I know what I'm talking about? No. It's not as hard as we think, and it's not as easy as we think. But if we'll remember that Jesus came to make it easier, hello. There's some things we gotta stop fighting for and just receive it. If somebody wants to give you a gift, take it. Here's what Christians do. No, 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 no. no. Like Dave and Jess are going to give me a check maybe tomorrow. And I'm not going to say, no, 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 no. I'm going to open it up and say, what, 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 what is that so small for? They're going to think you're crazy. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Just so we know, they're the very opposite of what I'm saying to you tonight. I think you already know that. I think it's time for you to cash your checks. God has already put a signature on it. We know that he can back it up. Come on, somebody. Every desire of every heart of every life in this room tonight can receive the fullness of the desires of the heart, and not one part of heaven gets empty. And do you know, listen to me, I need you to hear this tonight. Some of you have such big, you have, some of you carry such a big desire in your heart that when that desire comes to pass, it will fulfill multiple desires in your life and the life of those around you. That's called praying big and believing big. Some of you have settled in. You've tolerated. You know, what you tolerate, you can never. If you, tolerate, if you tolerate $10 an hour, you'll never make $15 an hour. If you tolerate a job with no benefits, you'll never have benefits. If you tolerate renting, you'll never own your own home. We'll say, well, I can't afford one right now. That's got, so right now, that, that talk has got to stop. Because right now, you're having what you say. Listen to me, if you don't want it, stop saying it. If you keep saying, I can't afford a house, you'll never ever afford a house. You've got to shift your statement of faith. This is not. This is not faith weirdness. This is causing your spirit man to shift and come into alignment with God. We sometimes want to get God to come into alignment with us, but he will never do that. We come into alignment with him and his word. And he is saying, it's time to cash the checks. I'm ready. I'm ready to cash my check. I'm ready to step into that beautiful place. Of the fullness of the desire. And I'm going to ask just in the beautiful sweetness of this moment. I don't want to do anything weird, anything hokey. I just want to, I want you to respond where you're at, when you're ready. And there's no judgment here. There's no, you've got to get your life cleaned up. Some of you are going to get your, do you know how, do you know what brings people to repentance? Not fire and brimstone. What is it? It's the goodness of God. Do you know that some of you are going to come out of your trouble as the goodness of God gets on your life and on your family? And you've been working so hard to fix it all. And all you need is a good dose of the goodness of God. And I'm saying to you tonight, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you when you're ready, not until you're ready, when you're ready. And you're ready to receive what you believe to be our desires that have been held up in it. You want to cash that check. I'm gonna ask you just very quietly and reverently to stand where you are. I'm standing. I'm the first to stand in this place. I'm receiving it. And we'll just wait for just a few moments. Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Mark eleven twenty-two to twenty-four. Jesus, the words of our Lord and our Savior. Whew. Life of the Spirit. What is that? It's the John Ten Ten life All right. to so the it, fall. Is it something that has to break. Till it overflows. Yeah. I'm gonna start the click for sixty-six. Yeah. I've been fortunate enough to be in the ministry long I'll enough to know to that sometimes you see miracles okay. and right. breakthroughs and manifestations when there's dancing and shouting and there's. You know, 400 people around the altar and the prophetics flowing and, and I've also been in the quietness of a church service when things are not roaring and jumping and there's as many if not more miracles that happen and so I've just learned to trust God that it's not about the externals it's about what God is doing right here Yeah, I give you thanks, Lord. I open up my heart today, and I I say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Touch every life mm, by your Spirit, God. Every life. Every life. Every life. Pastor Dave and Pastor Jeff, the Lord would say to you tonight, it's time to step up the dream. It's time to step up the ask. It's time to embrace the mantle. It's time to put it on. It's time to wear it. It's time to walk in it. It's time to run in it. It's time to soar in it. Probably bring it up a little bit. It's time to flourish in it. It's time to rise up in it. It's time to go higher. It's time to go broader. It's time to position yourself. It's time to take the land. It's time to press forward. It's time to move forward. It's time to renew your mind to the greater things, and the greater one, and the greater situation, and the greater miracles, and the greater open heaven, and the greater great big God showing up, and the greater manifestation of the dreams and the prayers that have been prayed don't, don't and the and seed that. that's been sown. For it is your time and it is your hour and it is your moment and it is today and it is now. It is a now word. It is a kairos word. It is a new season for you. God says I brought you here. God says I prepared you. God says I got you ready but I got the place ready. God says I've been getting you ready but I've been getting them ready. God says it is your season. It is your now to step into and to step up and to see the way of the Lord. It is your season in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah! Come on, give the Lord a thank offering. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Bring it down. Bring it down. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Whew. Thank you, Father. Man, do you feel that? who Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Can you give me a little bit of house lights? Thank you. Thank you, Father. Whew. Are you the seven-day guy? Seven to six days. Man, I hope it works out. Do you know where I live? Good. Come on up here. Just stand in front of me here. I stand there. I want to pray over you. Thank you, Father. Are there any uh, people that need a miracle in their bones? Not muscle, not tendons, bones. If you, it, it can be any bone in your body—collar, finger, toe. Bone. Anybody need a bone miracle? Just step out where you are. Just come here quickly. Don't want to embarrass anybody. I'm not going to ask you what it is. I just, God's healing bones right now. Any you guys got something wrong with your bones? That's not our sharp. I asked for our sharp. Yeah. Whew. Yeah, just step forward. Keep like, listen. Like If you'll just put $10 in the offing, I can guarantee a miracle. No, I can't. You can put a million dollars in. I can't can't guarantee it. I'm just kidding. Well, maybe 10 American. No, I'm just kidding. It's like, it's okay. How many know it's okay to laugh in God's house? Remember we talked about the only thing worse than a? The only thing worse than a Christian without a personality is what? Two Christians without a personality. Do not turn to your neighbor and say, I think he's talking about you. Especially if it's your spouse. Do not do that. (laughs) Thank Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Just come a little bit closer. Thank you, Father. Pastor Dave, just come in behind this guy. I think he's I think we figured out with his first name, Francois, that he's uh, Irish, right? And I like, just kidding, everybody. Just relax out there. We're just about to go home. Just hang on. Whew. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I see bigger windows. I see greater clarity. I see greater understanding. I see greater solutions. Struggle, 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 then breakthrough. Can't figure it out, can't figure it out, can't figure it out, can't figure it out. Boom! it out by the power and the presence of God. Bigger windows greater clarity, greater manifestation. Just take it, take it, take it, take it, take it. Receive it right now in Jesus' name. Just receive it, receive it, receive it, receive it, receive it. Yep, yep, yep. Take it, take it, take it. It's there. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Take it, take it. Bring it up, bring it up. Take it, take it. It's right there, it's right there. Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, thank you. you. Just receive it, just receive it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Every bone issue Disease in the bones, lack of the bones, frayed bones, out of alignment bones. They are being touched by the presence of Almighty God right now. Thank you, Father. I think you said there's you have some prayer people. Do they actually know how to pray? Okay, they're faith people. Okay. Just come in behind the prayer people. Just come in behind them. Don't do anything weird like I do just quickly, just quickly come, here. come, just stay right here thank you Jesus thank you Lord God says it's okay to dream big God says he gives you permission to dream big again God says, I give you everything that you need to dream the fullness and the manifestation of the greatness of God, the amazingness of God, the revelation of God from his throne room. And God says tonight, I give you permission. I give you permission. No more holding back. No more holding back break the chains off you right now in Jesus name. Thank you, Father. Whoo. You got such a beautiful spirit, but God wants you to dream bigger. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Whew. Thank you, Jesus. It's 801. And Jess told me, for every minute after 8 o'clock, she decreases my honorarium by $25. So I'm actually in the hole. Is there anybody here tonight? And I'm going to close with this. It's 8.02, 50 bucks. uh, Provisional miracles. You need provisional miracles. I'm not feeling to pray for wants. I feel to pray for provisional miracles. Doesn't matter how big it is. Provisional miracles. If that's you, you just come. Just step out here. Just provisional miracles. That's it. Just step out. You could use a few of those. That's it. Just step out. Thank you. Thank thank you for being brave. Before I give it back to Jess or Dave, uh, let me just can I say thanks for being here tonight? I understand that it's Saturday night. Some of you were here. How many were here last night? Oh my goodness. What is the matter with you people? In the house of God, Friday night, Saturday, you guys need to get a life. Holy, I'm just kidding. I'm just so honored that you're here. And I honor and respect you for the sacrifice of that tonight. And we're going to unlock some provisional miracles. Here's all I ask from you do not tell God or me how it can't work. I don't need to hear that. I just need you to be ready to receive. That's all. Is that a fair deal? That's a fair deal. That's a deal. Just don't. Try to figure it out in your head, and it's going to happen this way. And then, going to. The... I understand you've probably already gone down that road, and I, and I I'm not disrespecting you at all. I'm just saying there's a there's a spirit of faith here right now for miracles, and we just need to step into it. Thank you, Lord. Before I do, though, I want to say something to you. You girl had a word over you last night again, and as you were leading worship tonight, what I saw was. A silver serving tray. This thing was beautiful. And I was like, where'd she get that? And how come I didn't get one? I got like a wooden one, you know, like at Target for $7.99. Full price. $7.99 was like full price. But no, you get a beautiful silver tray. But that's not the important part. It's connected prophetically. I don't know what the connection is. Maybe you need to figure that out and ask God. But what was on the tray were a whole new level of decisions that God was going to bring your way. And what the Lord wanted you to know was all of the great decisions that you've already made If you'll stay in that lane and stay in that zone, these next level of decisions that God is going to bring your way, and you'll know when they come. You'll know it. There won't be no, like, figuring, like, is this one of the, you'll know. And God says, you just keep doing the right thing. And God is going to take you higher and higher and promote you and bless you. I believe there's promotions coming to you, but it feels like it's, it's, you're going to see it in the natural realm, but I feel like it's so much bigger than that. And I, I don't I, I I don't see any I don't see it connected to leading worship and microphones and all that stuff. It may I don't know I di- I didn't see that. What I saw was a whole brand new level of decision making that's coming your way, but it's coming on this beautiful platter from God, and God says as you take each one as they come to you, and make the right decision, and you will because you already know how. The blessing. And the favor, and the reward of that—it's oh, gonna be beautiful. It's gonna—it's really gonna launch you to a whole other level. So you get ready for that. It's coming. I just saw it when you were leading worship. i, I don't know when the t- tray's coming, but it's—I think it's really close. I really do. I don't. believe it's not in the sweet by and by. But you already know what to do as it comes. Okay? I hope. Hopefully, that makes sense. You'll know. Thank you, Lord. So you thought your word was crazy. What is she going to do with that one? If you need a provisional miracle, it's probably some of you here, your, your pride's keeping you back there. I'm up here. I, need, I know that I'm believing for some provisional miracles. Thank you for coming in. Would you just step a little bit further? We just want to make some room. Jess, it's 807. Thank you for that's it. Thank you. Thank you for being brave. Whew. Thank you, Father. This is the word that I have for it. The blessing of the Lord, not the wisdom of man. Not generational smarts or knowledge. The blessing. Everybody say the blessing. Would you you're up here for the provisional miracle? Would you just look at your hands and say, These hands are blessed of the Lord? Say it again. These hands are blessed of the Lord. Now hear the word of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord brings wealth and he brings it without trouble without toil without hardship without putting in 250 hours a week there's nothing wrong with hard work it's a good thing there's nothing wrong with going the extra mile but listen to me The blessing of the Lord will not wear you out. It will not drain you to your last drop. The blessing of the Lord will replenish you. And the word of the Lord says, in Proverbs 10, 22, the blessing of the Lord brings wealth without trouble. And that's the kind of wealth that's coming to you. That's the kind of wealth that's going to be delivered to you. You do not need to know who's bringing it. You do not need to think about an inheritance. You do not think think about my boss is going to give me a raise. You do not need to think about a rich, this person. That's not your business. Your business is to receive it. Your business is to receive the word of the Lord. And God is saying to you tonight... Siri's talking to me. I got a confirmation word from there. That the blessing. The blessing brings wealth. Stop beating yourself up for bad decisions. Stop condemning yourself. Stop blaming the country, the economy. Folks, we're not part of a natural economy. Yeah, we live in it, but I'm in a way higher. The economy that I'm a part of, there is no recession. Come on, son. There's no inflation. I know that inflation is very real. I know that recession is very real. But I'm telling you tonight by the spirit of the living God that there is no recessions in the kingdom. And there is no lack in the kingdom. And that God is here to provide. Whew, thank you, Father. And I need you to do one last thing, and then Dave or Jess, get up here quick. Look at your hands. And maybe you're out in the crowd and you want to do this as well. Look at those hands and say, These hands are blessed and highly favored. Say it again. Say these hands are blessed and highly favored. Come on, say it again. These hands. Are blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Who? The mighty provision of God is here. Thank you, Jesus. I can hardly wait for it anymore. I'm pumped. I'm gonna just stay here instead of going to the Red Roof Inn. Pastor Dave, come on up here. Love you. Thanks for tolerating me. I love those runners, and I love you. Thank you for joining us today on Journey Church Podcast. For more information about our ministry, visit myjourney.church.